This is Flipping Tables! Welcome to Flipping Tables. This is a podcast about technology, gaming, and not and culture. <laughs> and culture. I'm Mike Edwards. And I'm David Lyons. And welcome back. It's been about six days. It has. So we're recording a little early, but I don't think this is like, this isn't Apple keynote day. <laughs> no. I don't suspect anything so tremendous is going to happen today on Monday that people are going to be like, oh my God, why did they record? There might early? be another Apple scandal because they've had a rough couple of weeks. <laughs> they have. So there was Ben Gate. There was their botched 801 update. Right. There was, I guess, the nude leaks, which surprisingly, Ben iPhones. Somehow made that no longer a thing. Like, I mean, okay, so the Ben thing, whatever. But having all of your your photos leaked off of your supposedly secure server still a thing. Like that, we still need to address the security of your cloud solution. And there's still a lot of vagueness there because, by all accounts, it was social engineering. And maybe, I mean, there, there's talk of like their API was allowing too many calls before saying you can't keep trying to log in. But that it wasn't a, they didn't like hack something. It was right. like, oh, we guessed where you lived and that was your security question. And yeah, we got so, in. <laughs> social engineering is definitely a real thing. But there's also a question of like how many times were they allowed to guess like, can you answer security questions over and over and over? And yeah, that, which that is, is yeah, that is a system level thing. They are responsible for that. It still isn't clear to me that that's how how it was broken, though. Well, and I'm sure we, Apple, if yeah. they're the only ones that know, aren't going to say. But true, <laughs> I would assume though, with the sheer number of people who had their accounts compromised and through other uh, services too, besides iCloud, right. But with the, the sheer number of people, there's no way 100% of those guesses were made on the first try. No. Right? I mean, even when you consider that they were all famous and that a lot of information about them is public, it just seems unlikely that somebody sat down and was like, I'm going to bat 1,000 and just guessed all of but, these I mean, facts. what is typical for a rate limiting? Like five attempts, ten attempts? Well, I don't know the number of attempts. I, the thing that I always hear about uh, when it comes to rate limiting is – time dilation so between the first and second attempt there's like a second delay and then between the second and third attempt there's like a five second delay then between the third and fourth attempt there's like a 30 second delay so eventually it becomes uh unreasonable to continue guessing the other thing that's not clear to me about this week's old scandal that we've decided to bring up is uh we did uh how (laughs) over what period of time these photos were collected because it it could have been something that happened over months and months and probably was that's actually yeah it's not like one single day it's like i got all of them (laughs) treasure trove of scandalous bullshit so that's actually so we don't have to go into this whole thing but that's uh if i can find the article i'll throw it in the show notes but i cannot for the life of me remember who had this story but basically their argument was this isn't Apple's fault because of that very thing. This happened over months and even years, and in a lot of cases, the photos didn't come from 
any of Apple's servers. They came from other services, and there's this whole. I mean, it's like, not a great defense to say, "Well, other people got gamed right, too." But. Right, but their argument was like, "This has been, this has been a long, slow social engineering process where people gained access and then were quiet about it." Yeah, and the whole reason that this came to light at all is because one person in this like skeevy ring of douchebags broke the silence and then everybody else had to break the silence and it's a very interesting article about like how these creepy perverts all trade in creepy pervert money not in like normal fiat currency so it's i don't know it it's like kind of scary because it's one of those like how long has this been going on Mm -hmm. what other things don't we know about that are completely vulnerable because these skeevy perverts aren't out trying to make a buck which we also don't have on our agenda, but the, that new bash bug. Showshock. Yeah. You gotta, there's got to be jazz hands every time. <laughs> Showshock. Maybe we should find time for that at some point. <laughs> so, well, I think it's just now is the time. Seize the moment, Mike. Well, it's being – I don't know how much you've read about it. It's being hyped as worse than Heartbleed. Yes. Which it has to be hyped that way because if it's proximity to Heartbleed, yeah. if it was like almost as bad as Heartbleed, nobody would talk about it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so the basic idea behind that is there's a way to, if you have terminal access to a machine, there's a bug in Bash. Yeah, in Bash, one of the, probably the most common shell. Yeah. OS ten uses it, Linux, all over. Um and so people can take control of your machine or have escalated privileges. That's the, like the end story of all all these vulnerabilities, and then escalated privileges. Right. <laughs> yes, they can execute remote code. Yeah. Is the arbitrary arbitrary code? code. Yeah. Is that's always the giant so, deal breaker? The reason this one is because typically we think of the Linux backed network architecture of most of the internet as like pretty damn good, and I think in history it has been pretty damn good. But when you find something that potentially affects a huge chunk of that, then you're like, whoa, this could be bad. Right. But this is one of those things that, like, I don't know how to say this without sounding dismissive, but most of what we consider modern society is kind of fragile. Like, yeah. this this is the whole point of open source software. People realize that this was a problem. Now they're trying to fix it. Like if this was uh, in proprietary software, like I, I don't want to just pick on Windows, but I mean, after Linux, they are basically the only other server yeah. architecture. So, but it's all proprietary and closed source. So you have maybe a few dozen, maybe a few hundred pairs of eyes on that code, and if someone, some nefarious person, finds an exploit in it, you have a very small number of people who are working on fixing it. Yeah. Whereas with this, like. People found this, and now tons and tons and tons of people are working on fixing it. Yeah. I guess once you've discovered it, 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 that is an advantage of open source. I question the before you discover it, the millions of eyes are scanning random code and vetting it all the time. Well, and I'm that, like, only if they've yeah. been given a reason. That, that's exactly <laughs> what all the opponents say. Is they're like, well, this bug has existed for like 15 years or 20 years or yeah. 600 years or however long it's been around. It's like, yeah, but... Okay. I mean, it's a big, complicated well, thing. because <laughs> some some of the more vocal, annoying internet open source zealots will constantly say, 
they'll pretend that everyone's like constantly vetting other people's code just for fun with their spare time. Yeah, and, and I don't like, think that that's really true. <laughs> I mean, it'd be neat. Yeah. But I just don't and think so that it's like if you'll just give up that. on that point and just argue the actual advantage, which is after you discover a flaw, the community can react more quickly and right. more constructively to fix it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I found uh, Tom Scott, who does uh, this series called Something You Might Not Have Known, did a really nice, simple uh, the shell shock bug in about four minutes that I'll throw into the the show notes. But it's just all you really need to know about it for it to make sense is that someone can get access to computers they shouldn't have access to and then do anything on them. Like they can, if they can get in at all, they can then exploit this to get up to super yeah. user privileges. And that's, that's bad. This generally doesn't mean your personal computer is vulnerable. Unless you use a Mac. Windows <laughs> no, oddly I, safe from this. I mean, <laughs> unless someone has physical access or ah, you've yes. deliberately opened up network access to your machine. Right. Which, to your like terminal. Which maybe don't do. Yeah. And so in a weird way, only people who mostly know what they're doing with a Mac are vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of weird. But then they're also the people most equipped to patch this. So Right. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is already blown up into like media frenzy among the tech people because they're like, "Oh, well, this patch has already been released. See, open source wins." And other people are like, "But the patch has flaws." And <laughs> it's just like it's. I'd read more like there's. It's not as simple to patch for legacy crazy business deployments, right? Because it's got um, there's like a huge crazy nightmare of legacy stuff built on top of it and then it's just burp, 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 yeah, burp. Yeah. yeah a kind of work i'm not interested in yes i'm i'm, I'm glad there that. are good people doing it we need infrastructure we do. yes we do need people doing the work since we won't <laughs> thanks people so i think do you want to should we give a, a like do we have sad uh is it taps i can put in some sad music some, i think we need is is it taps the like yeah. yeah, the bugle thing. Yeah, that's so the Yahoo directory is shutting down. And most people don't even know what that is. <laughs> Was it after 12 months of zero hits? <laughs> <laughs> I you know, I have to believe that there are some people who still use it because they're anti Google, not because they're pro <laughs> Yahoo directory. I don't know. <laughs> People go to Bing or DuckDuckGo when they're sick of Google. Tech people go to DuckDuckGo. Okay, Go. fine. No normal person <laughs> knows what the hell DuckDuckGo it's is. It's an option in iOS 8 now. You can set it as the default search engine. Yeah, but what non-tech person changes the default search engine? DuckDuckGoose. <laughs> so, so the Yahoo directory, for anyone who doesn't remember, is... The way you used to find web pages on the internet, where you literally, and I remember, did you do this when yeah. you were a kid? Yeah. You had to submit your website to them and be this like, it seemed like a natural extension to like Usenet like directories. Yeah. It was like, oh, there's a new, a clickable directory. But I mean, just the very notion that you had to like ask, like, hey, Yahoo, people are friends with you. Will you include my website so that when they come to you to ask about websites, mine will be in your list? Like that's, and I mean, these were reviewed by people and yeah. the later algorithms, but I mean, humans, like, okay. I wonder what was on their radar for like dealing with this when it was 
It's like you know that this number of sites is gonna is already exploded beyond your capacity and will <laughs> exponentially grow. Yes, yeah. I mean, this is probably one of the earliest really famous examples of human beings don't scale. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because I mean, like this has this has come up with uh, like Groupon and <clears throat> a lot of these daily deal sites because they actually have to go around like into businesses with human beings and strike up these deals. Yeah. That doesn't scale well. Like it's hard to make profit when to get more businesses you automatically have you to hire pay more someone people. 10 bucks an hour to go around and Exactly. So uh, there's a, a link to this from Search Engine Land we'll throw in the show notes but I just like I don't even know what to think about this. Like people are acting like oh it's the end of an era and I'm like so like the Yahoo directory era ended basically the day Google launched and the, and we got the 10 blue links. I mean, where where are the people who are really truly sad and heartbroken that the Yahoo directory shut down that aren't just sad whenever a long running <laughs> yeah. thing ends? Maybe this is good for Yahoo to say goodbye to the past and cut off legacy and try to Marissa Mayer there's themselves into the future. <laughs> Is that a verb? No. <laughs> I like that. Marissa Mayer yourself into the future. Like it, and even the title of this article that I'm linking to is the Yahoo directory once the internet's most important search engine is to close. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, fine. Like old things become old and not all of them are worth keeping around yeah. forever. And Once you, the biggest horse and buggy <laughs> manufacturer. Yes, this, I mean this is exactly like that to me. And I, just, I mean, how do you? What do you think about this? Like, as tech people, should we not be immune to this like overwhelming nostalgia? <laughs> like, I would. I thought Why we were. Why would be immune? We're humans. <laughs> Most of us. So that's our problem. <laughs> fundamental flaw of our meat why do you have a, a final solution <laughs> not yet but i'm working on okay. it i don't think i'm going to call it a final solution though i feel like there's already a copyright final on final name. solution <laughs> final, final underscore final solution 2014 yes that's great it's not often you get to make a truly funny <laughs> holocaust joke but here we are um, so, but I mean, like, fired. Yeah, probably, almost definitely. But I mean, when's the last time you used any Yahoo services? I have a, a oh, fantasy football is the only thing <laughs> I'm doing right now, and I don't even sign into it ever. It's just running. Like I let it do the draft for me automatically. I haven't changed anything. So that's some serious I'm fantasy winning, football that winning. you don't even play. <laughs> but I mean, this. Like I'm not trying to knock Yahoo. I just I don't understand where the nostalgia is coming from. I don't know. Like I know they have Flickr and they apparently their mail service is still pretty heavily used. But what do they make that people like? Yahoo News. I still see stuff linked on Yahoo News, and I think actually uh, the default weather on iOS is it is. So that they've managed to to latch themselves onto some thriving ships, right. but what do they make that people care about? I don't like fl- they know and know it's yeah. Yahoo, and they're like, "Oh, I love that thing Yahoo makes." 
Now, okay, see, now you've thrown Flickr <laughs> into contention because I'll bet a lot of people don't know that Yahoo owns Flickr. Yeah, I mean, Flickr's the one I really Tumblr. can point out. And even, yeah, I guess they, they own Tumblr and that hasn't... Which they don't make, they just own it. Yeah, well, I, I there's lots of bought things that are still okay. And like even YouTube was bought by But I mean, Google. but they haven't, like, YouTube has changed a lot since Google bought Right, it's been long enough that you, you think of it as Google's, but... Right, but Tumblr is just kind of like Yahoo owns Tumblr. And maybe they'll enhance it. They just haven't yet. Yeah. I don't know. Like it seems <laughs> like they they don't have anything to me that jumps out. Like Flickr until recently was pretty much considered a dead. I don't know if photography enthusiasts were still excited about. It. I think they're mostly like Yahoo. I'm going to leave unless you really do something here. Right. Yeah. I, I, well, that was like the big push with the terabyte. Yeah. Because I mean, they basically said. You cannot upload any amount of pictures at any resolution that will supplant how much space we're going to provide you for free. Yeah. And that was, I mean, if you're a real photographer and you're taking 40 megapixel crazy pictures with your <laughs> super equipment. And then, you want to share them online at 40 megapixels. Yeah, then I get, or at least even just back them up, you know, because I mean, a lot of people use photo services as their backup. Which mm-hmm. I'm not really recommending. Yeah, but a lot of people do that. They just they flip Dropbox, Google Plus, yeah. and iCloud now, and and they're just like back up all the pictures. <laughs> so I don't think there's really anything else to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm still like waiting to see Yahoo become interesting again. I don't find them interesting. I pretty yeah. much ignore them. That being said, I will. This is my final thought on that. If Yahoo is providing services like behind the scenes like weather and they somehow make money off that and news stuff that they somehow make money off of and that keeps them going they're just not like new and sexy i don't think that's a bad thing right i mean everybody always says this about ibm they're like well ibm's not sexy it's like yeah but they're a multi-billion dollar industry that keeps parts of the world running successful in their pivot though yeah well (laughs) But, but you know what I mean? Yeah, who would love to be IBM? <laughs> Maybe yeah. not in spirit or like what they make, but a lot of people would knock IBM though for not being cool and hip. That's true, and that's actually even part of Apple's pitch of working with them is like they get the not cool people, right? <laughs> we get the cool people. Yeah, but I'm sure IBM would be like, yeah, okay, but our machines put people into space <laughs> and like solve serious world issues. So it's fine if you don't want to think we're cool, but we literally keep people alive. And I think like that attracts a different kind of engineer. Like the engineers who go work at IBM are like, I don't need glory. I need to do something huge, right? I mean, like the iPhone is huge. <laughs> that sounds like glory to me. <laughs> but not and get credit for it. Like they want to be part of the machine that builds Watson, but they don't have to be like on stage, like they don't have to be Johnny Ive saying like we designed this. But don't Watson. they have a video like that for Watson? I feel like they do. They probably With do. Some now. guy really proud of it. Yeah, but I mean, IBM's like a hundred and fifty year old company. So I mean, what does that have to do with it? I mean, they have not. They did not have a history of trying to be cool. Like that's a new <laughs> thing. The Aptiva was pretty cool. <laughs> Yes, my my compact ThinkPad clone was definitely cool, and IBM set that trend. Compact love just ripping off other people's. You remember the iPack? Ugh. Well, <laughs> Their see-through all-in-one computer. I mean, in the uh, 
In the 80s and 90s, we actually used the phrase IBM clone in like a non-pejorative way. Yeah. Like now, if you said something was a clone of like an Apple product, you'd be like, oh, that's just an Apple clone. That's just a <laughs> ripoff. But in the 80s and 90s, that was like high praise. Like, oh, it works with IBM software. It's amazing. It's an IBM clone. <laughs> IBM PC compatible. Ugh. God, the bad old days. All right, do we need to talk about Elo? We do need to talk about Elo. Which, so you know the How To Geek. Are you familiar with his mm-hmm. website? He tweeted. This is such like a bad joke, but it just it struck a chord with me. I thought it was cute. He tweeted that, or he tweeted that he realized the URL for Elo is L Loco. If you like, move the period into a oh, space, yeah. and it was like, and that's what you'd have to be to start a new social network. <laughs> I was like, that's so punny and terrible. It just deserves a mention. So yeah, listener, if you haven't heard of Elo, it's a new social network, and they wrote a manifesto. Yeah. And so their big, their big cultural pitch is that they're not creepy, that they're not using your info for ads, that you can opt out of even their internal analytics that they use to improve the product. And, and yet... And they've, they've got a real... I don't want to say hipster. They've got some geeky matrix designer nerd. Someone, someone's getting off on their design, but I don't think it's very good. Yeah, I don't know who it is. And so it's all like it's got a. It looks like a monospace, like Courier type font. Yeah, it's, it's got so, a typewriter it's some kind font, of terminal looking. Which to me, the the typewriter font look is like late nineties, early two thousands web. Yes, that's actually. I, I mean, I. I I appreciate good design, but I would never call myself a designer because I can't create good design. And even that, to me, I was like, wow, this looks like the websites that my like ultra geek friends were making in like 99. Like in Sandra Bullock's The Net. Yeah. <laughs> like you'd see websites that look like this. Yeah. If you took this entire website and just made it a black background with green like colored terminal font, it would look like every website from 2002 – yeah. So I don't know what to make of it. The the interface I was actually playing with it on my phone first, which they clearly styled it to be responsive down to mobile, and I found it confusing and kind of infuriating. And I think only because I have patience when I try something new, like I'm more curious than like I didn't want to throw right. it away right away. You're, you're not trying to fit like, it in your life just yet. It's just not labeled well. Like it's not. It doesn't see, feel like it was made for people to discover and easily. I don't. I'm not using the word intuitive because that's not what I mean. They probably <laughs> think it's intuitive, like oh, we stripped away all the gloss and all the chrome, and I'm like, you, you didn't label anything. And so, how do I post this? How do I like? How do I see yeah. if someone's replied to this? Is there like what? Oh, it, what and can their this notification thing do? emails are just like, hey, you have a notification. <laughs> yeah, like, can you? Can you tell me it's text? Can you maybe put some of that text into this notification email? Yeah. And you had compared it to, uh, you posted on Ello about this. <laughs> I did. You compared it to like Windows 8 going too far or some of the newer yeah. like Microsoft designs that go too white space. Super white space, no clear delineation. It's like, yes, I know that proximity is a way to tell that things are related, but if everything is roughly equidistant from each other, then proximity is not helping me. I need yeah, some other kind of proximity. Yeah. yeah, I need some other kind of delineator like a line or a border or colors or something. Like you can't 
just have stuff not be close to each other. Yeah. So, okay, Mike, I want you open a new tab right now. Go to the LO, like just go to LO.co. And then do you see on the right side there's a little arrow like Do I need to be signed out or No. Well, it's do you see the little the little gesture arrow? Yeah. This over here. So if you you click on that and then they have an entire tool for putting their terrifying logo onto pictures. So I can't remember who it was, but that whole aesthetic is totally ripped from some guy's web game. He made like a text adventure web game that had a motif of black bars blocking people's faces and eyes. Okay. In like the exact same way. He was like, hmm, this looks interesting. (laughs) Did you ever watch uh, Ghost in the Shell? No. Okay, This there's like this scary Ghost in the Shell logo from one of the iterations of that, that comic where... The hacker, who's like the main bad person throughout this series, like puts their logo on stuff that they hack and it's like a circle and it looks like it's wearing a little baseball cap and it has like a goofy smiley face. And this to me was I mean, I'm not even that familiar with that manga. And this was immediately reminiscent of that because I'm just looking at these pictures with this awkwardly placed, terrifying black circle. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'll get a screenshot of this for the show notes. Yeah, this it's just it's so because no one would ever actually do this to a photograph of themselves. <laughs> so this, like you can tell these people were just like, oh, just upload any old random photo. And then they turn into these kind of scary nightmares. Oh. Oh God, someone did it to a baby. So anyway, we think the <laughs> interface is terrible. Yep. Which doesn't mean that it won't succeed. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, I think the interesting thing is that what you found and posted to Google Plus was the some bringing down to earth the high minded manifesto of the the creative yeah. company that made this. So this, I'll try to summarize this, and I want to say up front that I know basically nothing about the venture capital system. Unfortunately, no one has tried to throw millions of dollars at me for a product that doesn't exist yet. So. Internet millionaires, if you want to make me familiar with the venture capital system, I'm happy to take your money and then fail to deliver a product. <laughs> that being said, you mentioned the manifesto. So what were the, the big points from the manifesto? They were basically attacking every other free service that uses your data to advertise. Right. So they were, that was their big sell was we're a social network built by cool techie designer people yeah. that won't advertise to you ever. Right. So, and then maybe it's this ever that ties into the venture capital thing. Yes. So the way this article explains, and I linked to it in the show notes, but the way this article explains it is that venture capital is hedging a bet against a successful exit. So their argument is this. Any company that takes venture capital is not trustworthy on lifelong promises because the whole point of venture capital is to get out when you've made an amount of money you're happy having made. Yeah. So that means that the new owners of the company after the founders have made their exit may not uphold the promises that the founders made. They're not required to. Right. So, I mean, technically the founders could just break their word. Right. But the new people are really not beholden to the word of someone else. So the argument is... And they didn't publish a manifesto. They don't care. They just have... Exactly. (laughs) They're buying the users. So the argument is is anyone who takes venture capital has 
implicitly said, we're eventually going to sell you to someone else. Yeah. Because venture capital supposedly, again, I'm just I'm regurgitating here. Venture capital equals guaranteed exit. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't back it because if you're not guaranteed an exit and a return on your investment, then you're just throwing money away. In which case, I think you're an angel investor. I think an angel investor is when you don't get a return on your investment. You don't have the strings attached in any way. Yeah, I think. I don't know. This is all very like Silicon Valley. Yeah, this is all very (laughs) Silicon Valley inside baseball. So I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'd love to see someone who wanted to represent a counterpoint to that to see if there is one. Yeah, I, but, I would love to someone who's more familiar with this process to weigh in and be like, oh, no, here are a bunch of instances where venture capital didn't equal creepy. Yeah, creepy runaway with all the money. So it could very well be that you'll get all excited about LO, it takes off, and then you are sold to someone who's going to advertise anyway. Right. Now, all of that being said... That's only a problem because they said they weren't going to do that. Like we've already yeah. made it clear that as a culture we're okay <laughs> with having our information sold. And I mean look at Facebook. Yeah. Like Facebook exists entirely because of sold information. I heard somewhere once that they only make like $5 per average user like if you spread it out. Because yeah. there's like a handful of people they make a crap ton of money on. And then there's people like me who they make ne- – like I'm a loss to them. Because I never log in, so I never see ads. They just host my data for free. Is there any way we're going to get out of this as an internet culture from, is there going to be something that the masses are willing to use for social media that isn't mining data and presenting ads and constantly like every user interface change is just designed to give the company more of what they want or to auction off more of your eyeballs time? It's a tough call because I can imagine them finding a profitable way to mine data that doesn't involve ads. I'm having a hard time believing that they would find a profitable way to run a company without like a subscription model that didn't do something with your user data. I mean, even like, would you pay a small fee per year to cut out all that shit out of Twitter? Yes. Yeah. I so would, this is to me is almost like WordPress.com slash or dot org right. or all of it together. Like you can get a free blog on WordPress.com, but your your features are limited and I don't know I don't know if they show it. I don't put it uh, I think WordPress.com does. Okay. I think there's like one or two small ads. So there's that, which is like just one in the spectrum of options. Right. And like so can someone do for Social networking, what has already happened for blogs? There's a whole ecosystem of free to paid options yeah, for blogging. I, well, I think with an existing service like Twitter, it would be a perception issue because the second they announced one of the options for Twitter will be paid if you want to hide ads, every single tech journalist would write an article that says Twitter becomes a paid service. Yeah, And it would blow it totally out of proportion, and then they would have to spend all this time doing damage control. And then on the flip side of it is to offer that is to kind of indirectly say that your advertisers are bad. Yeah. Like, we know how much you hate all those ads. Hey, advertisers, please keep giving us money. <laughs> you know? I figure advertisers are pretty mercenary, though. If they If it means you get in front of millions of people, who cares? <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. 
Because even if they say our advertisers are bad, it's no one's going to associate that with a specific. It's like, oh, Nike's bad. <laughs> I hate you, Nike, because Twitter said I should <laughs> indirectly. But I think it would be a hard switch for an existing company. And to be fair, we saw someone try this. Yes, we did. Though they, but the they, problem was they were vague. They were, it was no one could understand what that service was for, except yeah. for developers. You got to be talking about App. Yeah. Okay. Because AppDotNet maybe also made the mistake of not launching with tiers. It was like pay or nothing. Yeah. And the other problem is if you don't want people to think of you as a Twitter clone, don't launch with a Twitter clone. Yes. Yeah, they and were like, confusing from the gate. Well, the first thing they showed off was basically a Twitter clone and then had all this nonsense about how this is really a platform for communication right. and services. Yes. And well, because they their actual product was a connection layer for any kind of service that had a social component. Yeah. And their initial product, which was actually called Alpha, yeah. was a Twitter clone. So they launched this conceptual framework and their Twitter clone at the same time and were then like really surprised when people equated the two. It's like, well, you people aren't going to yeah, take a nuance. You you can't give me something ethereal and something concrete, and then be like, no, no, don't look at the concrete thing. Look at this ethereal thing. <laughs> Come on a vision journey with me. Don't yeah. actually use your eyes. Get in my magic school bus. <laughs> <laughs> so this, so you you asked the crucial question: Would you pay? How much would you pay? So say a service like Twitter, where all of your friends are, and you all pay the people a dollar you a month. Follow. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, no question. <laughs> I pay that much for LastPass, which is actually integral to my life. <laughs> I would say I would go as high as twenty bucks a year, five dollars a month. You would pay five dollars a month to have zero ads on social media. To have zero ads, and also, I I have the option of controlling my data because I feel like that's for what Twitter. I wonder does. what I Twitter makes per user. And it, <laughs> there's, I won't. We shouldn't look for it right this second, but there's probably some some smart person some has probably broken that down. And I mean, when you consider how many users on Twitter are bots, right? Yeah. Like those people, they technically maybe make money off some of those if ad impressions are registered against those accounts. But eh. I mean, I've done this in mobile apps on my phone where there's a free version, and I gladly pay the dollar to remove ads. I'm like, yeah, I'll support the developer if it's yeah. a good app, and removing ads is a win-win. Yeah, especially on um, on a mobile platform when having that app window open uses more data because then it's got to load a new stupid app impression every time you like yeah. switch screens. It slows it down. Like on the web, we've kind of learned to ignore them, and on mobile. I feel like the boundary, the barriers the people, are still high enough, and I'm like, yeah. uh, I'd rather not even deal with that. Here's three dollars. Now I never have to look at these again. Yeah. Neat. Uh, so would you? How high would you go? I, I said five. I'm generous. That's pretty. That's on the high end, I'd say, for just removing ads and I guess getting control of data. And would that be per Twitter account? So. I mean, I only have one I'd care about because the other ones I don't pay attention to. Yeah, I, I guess it'd probably have to be. Maybe they could do a deal. Like, oh, <laughs> Mike, you also manage this business account. Yeah. You know, Mike, you control flipping underscore tables. So then the now is, it's $7. Especially if they granted you the 
won't even like you have control of your data part. Mm-hmm. That would weaken the herd, not herd immunity, but some equivalent concept <laughs> for the value of Twitter users to advertisers. Right. So, well, I've I've been curious about that because I think this is another one of those now that we have it, we can't live without it problems for the advertisers, which is they were advertising to people without knowing anything about them for like a long time. They, you know, they had some general information. Like if they advertised in the Denver Post and you were reading it, they could presume you either lived in Denver, near Denver, or were in Denver for some reason. Yeah. Right? It's like no one in London is likely to read the Denver Post. So they can target kind of that way, but they don't know your age or your gender or your job. Like they know nothing about you other than your basic location. And yet we still had like this huge abundance of advertising. <laughs> so I kind of wonder if they lost all this metric data that they have, like would they really stop? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I, I don't think that they would. Oh, also apparently there was a denial of service on Ello. Yes, which I guess they beat because Ello's up, right? Yeah. I can tell because I have this terrible this 1990s like login screen. People bitter about the venture capital, or was this just totally random? Uh, let's let's take those hipsters down a notch. Like, you know, you know, I actually know nothing about what led to this. That's uh, just you know me doing totally legit research before <laughs> we start recording this show. Yeah, I have no idea. I assume. I think I put the link in the notes. Yeah, but I also didn't look at it, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um, I assume some people just want to watch the world burn. Like, a service having a DDoS against Master it, Wayne. I don't really need a complicated reason for that. There may be an interesting story, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was just like, some people are assholes. <laughs> Another day on the internet. Yeah. I'm looking, I, I found, because I couldn't actually resist the urge to try my Google Foo. Um, according to Quartz, which let's just pretend they're reputable because I don't know who they are. <laughs> they, uh, they did a breakdown uh, using some public data from Twitter and some known data about advertising rates and those things. And what they guessed is that Twitter makes 55 cents on advertising revenue per month per active user in one quarter. So that works out to two bucks a year. Or sorry, yeah. uh, it works out to six bucks, six, six bucks six a year. Six or seven bucks a year. Yeah. Um, per user um, in advertising revenue. So charge me 10 bucks a year and let me have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that, and you'll make money. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be fun. So there, we brought it up to to almost. Here's what last I, my deal would be: just don't show me ads. Like, still, you can know that I'm a thirty-something oh, right. male in Denver that yeah. is posting about technology and movies and stuff. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I really don't have that big of a problem with companies mining my data because I put it out there. As long as I know about it, right. And I'm opting in. Yeah. Now, if LastPass said, "Oh, we share your passwords with with Two our advertisers," passwords. <laughs> yeah, that would weird me out. But you know, for a company to say, "Like you told us, you're a white male, age 25 to 45," 
Now we're going to tell other people. Is that one of the bands now? 25 to 45. Is it 25 to 55? Or no, it's 18 to... 34. 18 to 30, whatever. <laughs> I'm just 25 to 45. I just picked two numbers that had a decent span. So 18 to 34, like we know you're in this range and we're going to tell people that that is the profile of our users. It's an interesting range. When you turn 35, you like lose <laughs> so much youth in one year. You're just yeah. suddenly like, can't wait till I die. It just drains <laughs> out of you. And then you're like, oh, when is my ARP catalog going to get here? These kids with their whatever. <laughs> with their Nintendo. So a story we somehow missed in August, or I don't know, it wasn't on my radar, was that while we've been crying about not having Google Fiber, CenturyLink announced gigabit internet for Denver. They did. And, and I, I don't know. I didn't get to look at their coverage yeah. map or how modest it is right now. It's but, Denver. Like, yeah. it's legit Denver, not like the greater metro area. Yeah, but I imagine they'll expand it eventually if it, God, if it succeeds. So. But it, It's like 100 bucks a month, which isn't that outlandish. Yeah. I mean, it's, I would love for it to be cheaper. And I think it said 80 bucks if you bundle with TV or something. Yeah. So not cheap, but at least we're starting. Like maybe if, the, if that succeeds, it'll push Comcast to up their speeds. Yeah. Well, and I, so. You would it, hope. <laughs> is, it, is it actually legit fiber? Like, yeah. It's not. That's what I read. Okay. Well, just because I'm thinking they couldn't possibly be doing gigabit DSL. No. Okay. I, I think like, they're actually it's actual fiber. Yay! So that's high in fiber. That is awesome because Denver, in particular, is very much considered a and the greater metro area type of city. Like people who live in Aurora or Littleton or um, Lakewood, like most of them, really kind of consider themselves citizens of Denver. Yeah, because anything that comes to Denver usually impacts them. It's not like. Well, if you live in Buffalo, New York, and then if you live in Manhattan and Manhattan got gigabit speeds, you'd be like, yeah, it's coming to Buffalo. Yeah, if you haven't checked out a, a Colorado map recently, like other than like Colorado Springs and Boulder and Denver and like Durango and like a few, <laughs> like there's a couple other little spots. There's like nothing in the state. Nope. There's just a lot of open yeah. ground. Yeah, we're very pro parks and mountains and yeah. uncivilized areas. And then we have dense populations. But that's cool because, like, I don't live inside the city limits, and I actually believe I'll have access to this eventually. Not now, unfortunately. Hopefully you Denver people (laughs) will give them enough of your dollars that they expand it. So get on this. I didn't check yet, but if if we can switch, (laughs) that would be awesome. Because you have Comcast, right? Yeah. And what do you— It's 50 Mbps right now. Okay. And do you mind if I ask on the air what you pay? Uh, I think it's around 60 or something. Okay, but you just internet. No, we get cable too. <gasps> a bundler. <laughs> Do you have a home phone line? No. Do you, you don't have like there, a little, There is no landline. A little landline with a charging they cradle. They do ask us if we want one. Every time. Every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> every time. I've actually told the, the nice people when they call to harass me in the middle of the day as if I would just be sitting at home doing nothing at like <laughs> 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Maybe if I was sitting at home doing nothing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, they would be able to convince me to buy a TV package. But when they call me and I'm at work, then it's a little easier to be like, no, I don't need television. I'm at my job doing my job. Please stop doing your job and harassing me while I'm at my job. 
One thing I, I totally approve of in this gigabit internet stuff is that they're coining the the idea of a Denver is now a gig city. Yes. Yes, they want to really push and the whole like I'm I'm happy for groaner puns as long as it, it means we get gigabit internet faster. Agreed. And it so we know someone who works at CenturyLink. We should actually talk to him about this. Oh, yeah. At some point. We should. Probably not on the air. He would probably no. not want to do that. I, I don't think it'd be good for his career. No. But if he tells us anything interesting that we can repeat, we can come back with it. So the last thing we have in our rundown is Mike's story corner. <laughs> I don't know how great the story is, but, <laughs> but this, here we go. That's a great starter to it. <laughs> yeah. This past weekend. Aren't are you supposed to not apologize at the beginning? You're of right. That? You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> That was too easy. You set me up for that. Um, Shelby and I took a trip out to Rocky Mountain National Park this past weekend, which we planned. And then the day of, we realized it was a free day, which means it's going to be insanely busy. Yep. But nonetheless, we plowed through and decided we're going anyway. Let's deal with it. And so I just mapped it and we took 25 and whatever over. And uh, we're getting close and like... Um, we used Wait, Apple Maps. Yeah, I was going to say, you mapped it with what service? Apple Maps. <laughs> and its directions were spot on. There was nothing wrong with the actual directions it showed us. But the the voiceover narration clearly got messed up at some point. Because when we were approaching one of the turns in Estes Park area, it instead of like, turn left on Maple Drive or whatever it was, it was like, turn left on dollar sign, bang, hash, hash, placid, <laughs> something, random numbers. And I was like, so is it like reading like variable names to us? Which, anything that starts with a dollar sign <laughs> yeah. definitely sounds like a variable <laughs> Just like name. we kept hearing, like, because, you know, it tells you when you're like a mile away, when you're a half mile away, and then when you're <laughs> supposed to turn. And it did it every time because clearly it was the same street it was right. glitching up on. And I, I was a bad person because I didn't report the issue for that location like I should have so they could fix it. But it was just kind of hilarious because you're just zoning out driving and then suddenly this like code gibberish starts getting <laughs> recited to you. So the, when the map was at, like it was giving you accurate yeah. directions, it's yeah. just it was all garbage when it came to the, the voiceover. It was feeding the wrong thing to the, the name of the street somehow got botched. But It's incredible. <laughs> So I wish I could I've made a recording of it, but Well you just need to go back, yeah. Hope that it's still broken and have <laughs> Shelby at the ready with her phone to record it. Yep. This is I would love to know like is this so so <laughs> we had the iCloud leak, then um Bendgate, then Bend Gazi, you mean? Oh dear God. It's all terrible. I hate things that end with gate that aren't Watergate. And as if the thing about Watergate that was interesting was that there was a gate. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. So, okay, so what, what was the third one? There was a third one. Oh, there, there's an iOS update. That oh, right, 80, Broke cellular right. and touch yeah. ID. And so did you get 802? Yeah. And it fixed it's it? It's fine. Okay. Did Except you have, for people in Australia. <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Take that, the Outback. <laughs> so did you have all the 801 issues? I didn't update 801. Oh, you, you were lucky. By the time I even knew about it, it was already like, don't do it. Yes. And then it was pulled because Apple's like, whoops, we screwed up. Oh, Sorry about it's this. It's that bad. Yeah. Ooh. You No, when they pull something back and they're like, uh, maybe maybe don't yeah. download that. Because, I mean, that's an omission of guilt. And 
I don't want to get into Apple scandals, especially because our hour is basically up. It is. Um, and we could go on forever. I will say that Apple deserves lots of criticism for all their problems recently, but I do have to give them credit that they are responding quickly and a little less Steve Jobsy. Yes. Because <laughs> when the iPhone 4 antenna stuff happened, they basically played silent for like a couple weeks hoping it would just go away. They and did. then he held a conference and basically told everyone they were stupid. Yes. <laughs> it's yep. like nothing's wrong, but here's a case to fix the thing that's not wrong. Yeah, and it, even it was though very I, strange. Even though I firm I had an iPhone 4, I used it for almost two years. There was no problem for me. I think I, I'm not saying the people that had problems so didn't you, have problems. You held it right? I held it right. <laughs> it was overblown. Yeah. But Apple's response was awful. Yes. And they they're doing better now. And for the love of God, they called it Antenna Gate. <laughs> yep. Oh. And so I think that's I I kind of as someone who likes Apple's stuff, I kind of like it when they get humbled a little bit with some setbacks. Because that's not going to stop them from making great stuff. It'll hopefully stop them from mistakes like this. Well, particularly... it's embarrassing. With, yeah, I mean, such an image-based company. It's like, if you want to maintain your image, things like this either need to not happen at <laughs> all, ideally, or you need to bounce back, like, water off a duck's back. It's got to just be like, oh, yeah. yeah, that thing that happened, we're super sorry, bam, it's already Which fixed. there was a story that this basically has happened to every single iPhone, like... Yeah, I don't remember the 4S necessarily having. Oh, the Siri sucked. Yeah, um, yep. iPhone five scuffed. It was Scuffgate, <laughs> and the oh, God. iPhone 5S was anyone can trivially trick your fingerprint sensor, and it's like now that was overblown. Yeah, you want to talk about an overblown <laughs> security thing? Like it may still be a a dubious like single factor authentication approach. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll, time will tell if Ben Ben Ghazi will will be similar. I'm guessing that in a month, no one will think about Ben iPhones unless it's actually as bad as the critics think it is. If it's like regular people just putting in their pocket and then pulling out a a YouTube phone, <laughs> <laughs> that is. Oh, that was the other big scandal. Was oh the yeah, YouTube yeah. Thing. So, Jesus, this has not been a great launch for them. No. Yeah, <laughs> this whole and I feel like so be fine. one one last thing on this that normally there's a little brief period before the either legit or bullshit scandal hits the iPhone, <laughs> um, where it's just like pure positivity, and I feel like that didn't happen this time because they announced the Apple Watch, so like there wasn't this week of like the iPhone six is the best thing ever made, yeah. other than certain reviewers. Um, it was a week of what the fuck is this watch, and then suddenly, oh, the iPhone bends, and so they That's didn't true. they didn't get their little positive cycle. They just got the That's scandal true. cycle. Yeah, because everybody was off looking over here. And they're like, oh, oh, those they bend. How about that? So should we do we want to link to one of the YouTube videos of the guy straining to bend it with sure. his hands? Just because it's kind of funny. He's just it's like a, let's give him some more revenue. Let's give him some more. Yeah, revenue. but I just. It's kind of funny because it's like a a really bad karate demonstration where they're like, I'm going to break these six bricks with my bare hand. But then they have to hit it like over and over and over. And this the guy, I mean, to his credit, he's trying to be fair about it. But he's like, yeah, you can bend this phone if you squeeze it. And then he's like, like flexing as hard as he can. You can see his hands trembling. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's made of glass and aluminum and 
it doesn't bend easily. It takes, I think they reported something like 80 pounds of pressure. Here's my silver lining. What if this makes Apple make a thicker phone that has more battery next year? See, that, Just to make it more. That would like, be amazing. They'll do it for the wrong reason, but it'll happen. Well, and they can't keep doing um, hardware level improvements to the camera and not have the camera stick out, which is another stupid little thing that they did, which I'm sorry. I'm not saying the camera sticking out is like it, it's going to damage it, but it does make the phone look stupid. <laughs> it looks really stupid. It looks so stupid that they hide it in their own renders of the phone. And a lot of shots of the phone are like at this kind of three-quarter angle, yeah. the way you would take like a senior picture in high school so that you can't see it sticking out. It looks dumb. I don't really care. I mean, it's, I don't care because I don't <laughs> own one, but I'm just saying like it – Give back that millimeter to the case no, I agree and with that. add five hours if of it's battery. Eight life. millimeters instead of seven. Yeah. Don't care. Give me an extra hour of battery. And has there ever been an iPhone that wasn't thinner than the previous iPhone? The three GS was the same as the three G. So they, they've, so they've, they've never the backslid. Same. Yeah. So the, the iPad three was actually a little thicker than the iPad two. Okay. Because they had to pack in so much more battery for their first retina screen iPad. Ah, yes. So that I But then they figured out cuz they had I feel like 7 millimeters is thin enough. Oh yeah. You've hit it. Yeah, I don't think we need to go any thinner <laughs> than this. I mean it, it's I don't know. There's, uh we're we're already we hit the hour. I don't want to talk yeah, about damn iPhone we're anymore. To spiral the drain. <laughs> of this. All right, so Mike, where can people find these very amazing show notes? Head to flippingtablespodcast.com dot <laughs> com slash zero three four. Still exciting. Still, yeah, I still like numbers. The, the flip side of one third of a hundred. Yes, because that's how everybody thinks about the number 34. It's the only notable thing. You've now identified with all of our users in perpetuity. Not users, listeners. We don't make anything. <laughs> our users. I fight for the user. It's because flipping tables is like a drug. And you can always follow me on Twitter at M. Edwards Music. Was that a reboot reference? <laughs> No, I fight for the user. That was a, we did this last time. I mentioned that it's a Tron reference. Ah, damn it! it you know what? <laughs> and you said, "Is that a reboot?" Because I reference. want reboot to come back so bad. Say it. You want reboot to? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you won't do it. Nope. I have my pride, sir. <laughs> I have my pride. All right. You can find me online at pseudomichael.com. Yep. And you can find me at linesinbeta.com and. All the other places, at lines and beta. Yep. Yep. 